This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name's Martine and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of the show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First we talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help, and then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who is an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guests to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting. My name's Julia. I'm an alcoholic. Uh, The AA preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We're self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor imposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. So, what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you're an alcoholic, you're at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is that it's an allergy of the body coupled with an obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having the first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up the first drink and this makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety one day at a time. This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise hopeless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. 
Okay, for anyone who's just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM, and we're just about to interview an AA member who is going to share their experience with alcoholism. So let's meet our guest. I wonder if you could give us a little background about yourself, um, starting with maybe how old you are, how long you've been sober in your occupation. Sure. Um, thank you for having me. My name's Julia. I'm an alcoholic. So I've just, I'm 46 years of age. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a partner and um, at the moment I'm not actively working. My recovery comes first. So mm-hmm. I am just um, doing my recovery every day um, just to get stronger and stronger before I can you know, I commit myself to a full-time job. Um, I go to lots of meetings um, one day. So I'm attending sometimes nine a week. Um, I have two service roles, or three service roles actually. So I'm a secretary in a meeting um, and I also am a literature person in a meeting mm-hmm. and I also have the service position of opening up another meeting to ensure that it's available for people to come. Um yeah, so that's me, me and my partner. We live out rurally and um, he he doesn't drink at all. He hasn't drunk for a long time. He's not actively in the AA program. Mm-hmm. So it's a very big difference between him and I and yeah. how we how we um, how we have our own recovery. I re- recover through the program. He recovers through his own research, um, right. which is very, very, very different. Um, some say it might be like a dry drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just see it as a person who lacks a lot of empathy. Um, but in that way, you know, it's fine. It mixes. <laughs> and, and what about your childhood? What was it like growing up? My childhood was um, a stable childhood growing up as a primary school. Um, we lived and went to a good school. Um, my parents separated and our family um, dissolved and blended in with other families. So it was a very hard childhood. It was, um, I grew up a lot quicker than what I Potentially a lot of other people had. Um, I had a lot of responsibilities when I was a child of going home to an empty house and getting the meals prepared and doing a lot of things that my friends didn't do. They, yeah. they you know, they were out. But um, I guess it just made me grow up a lot quicker than what I, what I did. I was the, the youngest. So um, every, all the others had been through everything. So I was given, given a big long length of string. It was up to me to, to do what I did with it. Mm. Right. And and what about your first drink? Do you remember it? I haven't, you know, for me, I'm one year, one day sober, so I'm only just starting now to get flashbacks on the past. Mm-hmm. I don't really remember my first ever drink. Mm-hmm. Um, I do recall little parties at as a childhood growing up and there was lots of glasses left over in the morning and I and I know myself and my brother got inquisitive and we may have tried them. I remember the old sherry at the dinner table with the grandparents, but the real big drinking, um, I guess it sort of started when I was about 13, 14. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and from then it just, it started with, like, just... Um, Kids experimenting, we'd drink the top shelf because we'd think it would be the one that you could hide the most or fill it up with tea water and I will know. Yeah. And um, 
It made me just so sick, so yeah. sick. But yeah, it was horrible, horrible, horrible. But yeah. And and when did you realise with your drinking that you needed help? It wasn't until I had. Um, it wasn't until probably for a boy. Uh, it wasn't until a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So things in my life had. Um, I'd had a lot of bottoms. Yeah. But they didn't stop me from drinking. Yeah. So I had been through um, a custody fight with my son's father. That didn't stop me from drinking. Yeah. I had been through um, moving towns. That didn't stop me from drinking. Yeah. Jobs. That didn't stop. Losing my license. That didn't stop. Yeah. Um, the last big rock bottom that I had was um, I had been drinking the night before. Yeah. Very heavily, um, and I needed to go and do something in the morning. I can't even remember what I needed to do, but I had just moved back from the North Island, and I'd been four weeks, five weeks, and I was really, really, really sad. I didn't know anyone. I was drinking heavily. I should have stayed in the North Island, and I had a car accident, and I hit on hit an 83-year-old lady, and I almost killed her and me. Um, that was my last big rock bottom, but that didn't stop me from drinking. It just made me decide, oh, well, I'm just going to drink now. I'm never going to drive again, and that's what I did until I got so sick that the hospital stopped. Um, The ambulances stopped coming to pick me up. The hospital stays got longer. I got told that if I stopped drinking, I would end up with a medical seizure. I got told if I didn't stop drinking, I'd end up in ICU and I'd be dead. I didn't understand it. I tried to go from drinking four bottles of wine a day to three and I was still being sick. And then just one day I just woke up and I was just like, I was exhausted. I was sick of being sick and I was tired of being tired and I knew that I had to stop, but I didn't know how to. And I just reached out to my family and told them, I can't stop drinking. It was 24-7. It was, I had to drink to get to bed. I had to drink to get out of bed. I had to drink to get in the shower. I had to drink to get in the car. I had to drink to get out of the car. I had to drink to do everything. Yeah. So, So how did you get to your first AA meeting? What happened? So you told your family. Did they put you on to AA? My family um, suggested that I just stop drinking and I just told them that I couldn't and why. And then they suggested I talk to a family member who had stopped drinking and I did. And it was a very dear loved family member of mine. And he just said, I just stopped drinking, you know. And I said, I can't stop. I think I need to go on to a treatment. And he said, well, if it doesn't work, you're a lost cause. And that hurt very, very much because I love this family member so much. So um, I had heard about AA, but I was cautious. I I didn't think that would work for me. Yeah, I I didn't either. I went to get better. Um, It took a long time from when I decided I needed help to getting help. And I just kept drinking, but I had to go into a detox period for seven days, and then I had to go into a treatment facility for twelve weeks, which got me sober and kept me sober. Um, it introduced me to 
an AA meeting where volunteers would come out weekly, but mm-hmm. it wasn't compulsory. It was if you wanted to go. And I got curious, so I went. And that was the best thing I ever did yep. because by doing that, um, the volunteers that came out, they could see what I wanted and through them I started to understand the program and I then um, looked at before I was going to get out of the treatment centre where there were meetings close to me and I got me a temporary sponsor and Mm -hmm. when I would go home in the weekends, I would go to these meetings in my own time. So I knew I needed to know how to learn, live in the community safely after I got out of rehab. Yeah. It's what I wanted. It had to work. Yeah. There was no going back. So um, through that, this first meeting I went to was a step meeting. Mm-hmm. And because when you look at the step, when I first looked at the steps on the wall, I thought, oh, yeah, I'm up to number eight. This is easy. Yeah. But I didn't understand. I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know the first step. We admitted that we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. I knew my life had become unmanageable and I knew I was powerless over alcohol, but I didn't understand the step. I didn't understand how to get there. I just thought I'd done it, but I hadn't. I hadn't done it with my sponsor. I hadn't gone through what it was like when I was, um, you know, an okay drinker to then what it was like when it started to take over my life, mm-hmm. how I felt, um, the effects physically, what I'd lost, everything. I didn't understand any of that. And when I did, I got it. And that was the hardest step to get in um, AA because if you don't have that step, you just can't get through those yeah. those other steps that come with it. So, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, now I go, what, seven Seven days per week to meetings. Yeah. I go to volunteer meetings out in rehab treatment. I also go out to institution meetings and help people in institutions to share my story. And um, it's just service work. It's what keeps me sober. Yeah. Well, that was actually my next question. How have you managed to stay sober? But I think you've, <laughs> you've, you've really covered a whole yeah. lot. And it kind of reminds me of the saying that I heard when I came in, stick to the middle of AA, you know, yeah. where it's safest. And it really sounds like sounds like you've done yeah. that. So running through everything that you do, could you just give us a synopsis of, of, of all the stuff? So the stuff that I do is I maintain self-care for myself. I never had that when I was drinking, never. So Self-care for me is really important and it's also important for me to have a roster every day of things that I have to do. Mm -hmm. So it could be anything from washing my hair one day or, um, you know, the most important thing I do is my daily readings, my prayers, you know, thanking... um, Thanking my my high power, my God, for a wonderful sleep, a peaceful sleep. Thanking them for this day that I've got. Um, thanking them for allowing me to go out and help people and to be of service. Um, I, you know, I go to, I go to my service work. I go to my meetings. I contact my sponsor. We read the big book. Yeah. We go through the steps. Um, it's it's not the drinking that's a problem. It's the mind. So when you stop drinking, you've got you learn you, everything again. And I think one of the biggest things to learn was for me was the defects that I had when I was drinking, not having them now. The cunning, the lying, the deceitful. You know, when I was in rehab, I picked up a cigarette and I smoked it, and I didn't even smoke. Right. And I went home, and my partner said to me, 
what are you doing? And I said, I'm having a cigarette. And he said, but you don't smoke. I said, what would you rather me do? Go hide in the garage, walk around the block? You know, I'm not hiding it from you I'm no, and I'm not drinking. Yeah. So I just, you know, back to your question, life for me today is very peaceful. I choose my friends wisely, very wisely. Um a lot of them are from the fellowship. I ring people from the fellowship. I, um, you know, I make sure I go to my meetings. I don't wake up and go, oh, I've got that meeting today. Oh, you know, I'll just stay at home and do something else. I can't do that. Um, um, I just, I have to do for me one day at a time. Yeah. Yeah, one day at a time. And how would you describe yourself in your life today when you compare, I guess, relationships and things like that when you, that you had with your friends and family and things when you were drinking compared to now? What's, what's it um, like? I have a very good relationship with my family now. I can remember what I talk to them about. I don't ring them at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, midnight, crying, talking for hours. You know, I'm respectful of my family. Um, I lost my dad four months into my sobriety, or five months, sorry, and um, he died, and that was horrible. Um, uh, It was a Tuesday, and I found out at 5.15, and I was alone, and um, I went and bought cake, and it wasn't to celebrate the fact that my dad had died, but I needed something sweet. I needed sugar, and I didn't go and get alcohol, and then I went to a meeting, straight to a meeting. Um, because I had to open up that meeting and I had to be there and I needed I needed to be at that meeting. Yeah. Um, that was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do so far in my sobriety of yeah. one year and one day. Um, it was and it's still hard today because my dad was sick and he didn't get to know that I was doing treatment and he didn't know that I was getting better. And what I was doing, and I didn't get to make amends with my dad. Yeah. So it was very hard. Yeah. Mm. So AA has been described as a spiritual program. What does spirituality mean to you? Um, it is a a very spiritual program. Um, spirituality to me, you have to find your. I had to find my own spiritual path, um, and. I guess it's believing and trusting in a a higher power that you believe in yourself. I didn't grow up in a religious background. I was never baptised. I was never sent to church. I never believed in anything like that. So spirituality for me is those good, God moments, like those good orderly direction moments, those moments that come and that just make me think, you know, just make me, help me breathe. Um, I've prayed, learnt to pray for different things in my life and I've learnt how to pray for things in my life and I've had to pray for my stepmother, um, she was diagnosed with cancer the day before my dad died and I had to somehow in my power pray that the cancer was just the cancer. It wasn't anywhere else. It hadn't – and it was the weirdest prayer I've ever done, but that came true. I prayed and handed my will over for a puppy that I could have as a recovery and 
without being selfish, and that came true. Um, I have a spiritual in my car when I drive to make sure that I'm safe on the roads. It's just these little things that happen every day. It's a very spiritual program, and um, to believe in it and to have it happen, it's it's hard to describe. It's the word the words are just. It's precious, very precious. Yeah. Yeah. And lastly, what would you suggest to any listeners who are out there and they think they might have a, um, a drinking problem? What questions do you think they should ask themselves or what advice would you have for them? I guess the biggest question that I'd have for them is, you know, how much does drinking affect your life? How much are you thinking about drinking? Are you thinking about getting to the shop to buy that? What you're planning to do on the weekend? You know, how much alcohol controls your mind and your body and your daily thing? And if that does, then there is a problem. There's something that you need to address and look at. But I can't tell anybody to come into AA. I can only suggest that there is a program that is available for you. It doesn't have any rules. It's a simple program. Program, and you don't have to be religious or you don't have to think about any of the God words in it. You just have to come and listen. Listen to the old timers. Share your story. Share your story. Listen to their stories and and, and see if it's, if it's for you. If it's not for you, go back out and try again. The door's always open. It opens each way. Yeah. And, you know, we're here to help no matter, no matter where you are or what you are. Um, I'm not sure if, you know, that makes sense. Um, I see people come into AA and I see them still drinking and I see them still suffering and I see them still sick and then I see them get better. You know, for me, I couldn't do that. I had to go away and get better and then the maintenance and the work I had to do through AA. Um, but, yeah, if you're definitely drinking more than five or six drinks or waking up in the morning and having regrets, having to check your mobile phone or not remembering how you get home, got home or, you know, if you're losing stuff for your drinking, then definitely there is, you know, you need to have a, a, a wee look at what you're doing. Um, yeah. Hey, Julia, thanks so much for coming in t um, onto the show today and sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me. Um, I really hope that I can help anybody out there that needs help. Yeah. Thanks. For our listeners, if you've related to anything you've heard or would like more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up at the web at www.aa.org.nz or call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 16 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week for more AA members sharing their experiences. Our show airs every Monday at 5.30 on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past show on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz or you can download, subscribe and listen to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thanks for listening and remember, if you want to drink, that's your business. If you want to stop, we can help and you don't have to do it alone. Mm. We will now close the show with a serenity prayer as we do at every meeting. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9.